0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Dr. Philip Shallow, who is a chiropractor and an Alexander Technique teacher. He lives and practices in Rockford, Illinois, which is about 60 miles west of Chicago. He's been an Alexander Technique teacher for over 30 years and a chiropractor for over 10 years. Um, he also has been, and maybe still is, a professional violinist. And um, we're going to talk today about the connections between the Alexander Technique and chiropractic, uh, when one might be more appropriate than the other, and just generally what the relationship between those two modalities is. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to call him Philip. Uh Philip, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um Philip, could you begin by by um giving our listeners a little idea about chiropractic and Alexander technique from a sort of definitional point of view?
1: Yeah, they're both basically uh grounded on the same concept that Uh, we need to identify that which is interfering with normal function, normal physiology, what we should be getting out of ourselves. Uh, The difference is that Alexander says, it's you, you're doing something wrong, so stop it. Mm -hmm. And uh, chiropractic says, well, there's a bone out of place putting pressure on nerve tissue, so you have to let me move that bone so that your natural ability can be expressed without interference.
0: So, uh, chiro- from that point of view, ch- chiropractic would be an example of a- an interference that the kind of mental directing that goes on in the Alexander uh, world just isn't going to cut it, because it it, it may, in theory... Be able to change it, but it might be multiple lifetimes you'd have to put into it, that kind of thing.
1: Exactly. And that's one of the things that gradually occurred to me as I became a chiropractor and as I became a patient of the upper cervical chiropractic. Um, for decades, you know, I'd spent thousands of hours working on myself, having lessons, going through training courses, which is all very, very useful, uh, very helpful. But I still had migraine headaches all the time, and I had uh, sinus infections multiple times a year—not just in the spring and the and the fall. And uh, it wasn't until uh, we got the pressure off of my brainstem that things started changing. It took took me eight months, and then I realized, hey, wait a minute—I haven't had any sinus infections this year. And uh, and then my I noticed that my migraine headaches were disappearing and becoming less intense. And that's when I realized, wow, there really is something to this upper cervical work. And it's not that it's not that Alexander technique is trash, it's that you can't override your brainstem. You can't consciously override functions that are only happening in the brainstem. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Because the brain stem is not really at the same level of consciousness as the rest of your brain? Is that kind of what you're saying, or am I missing no. that?
1: Well, it's, there are a lot of connections that you can't consciously make. Um, one of the really cool things about Alexander's work is it gives you conscious ability to inhibit And uh, a lot of people can learn that. Uh, Ice skaters, for example, if they're spinning in circles, they've actually learned to inhibit the natural vestibular ocular reflexes. And and there are some downsides to that, but that's a learned uh, uh, capability. And uh, so as a violin player, I learned... To inhibit quite a lot of unnecessary muscle tension, I was able to do some magnificent stuff, and
0: um, with the Alexander technique, you're saying right? Yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. uh, in the on stage with the orchestra, um, but uh, I couldn't make things happen in parts of the brain that are running the immune system, for example, or the autonomic system, which is controlling the aperture of the blood vessels and creating migraine headaches.
0: And so for those kind of um, interferences, basically you need uh, an external force. Would that be pretty much always the case, or, or is it more complex than that?
1: Well, yeah, you need to have somebody look at it and figure out what's behind it. And there are real particular signs if there's brainstem compression uh, of the because of a disconnect between the head and the neck. Uh, there are real particular signs, and you just have to have somebody who knows what they're looking for uh, to look and see. And then you're right. It is an external force uh, that somebody's going to apply in exactly the right way in order to restore that communication in there. And then... The body's free to, to move along and start progressing.
0: So, um, once that force has been applied, um, does it typically need to be reapplied a few times, or is one, one application usually enough?
1: it depends on the misalignment pattern in the upper cervical world there are some misalignments that are easily correctable on day one and they stay there forever and other patterns are correctable over time and there are other patterns that will not correct you can reduce them and get some relief within the system but they'll always be unstable and it all depends on you know how much damage is in there to the ligaments and a lot of factors like how, how much toxicity is in the body. Uh, and that's also then where Alexander comes in, in getting the whole person in a balanced state where they can um, consciously be involved with their care. And it sets up conditions consciously and unconsciously then for, for future stability
0: was it it does seem to me that if you're gonna be applying external pressure of the kind you're suggesting that makes a difference that it's gonna to have to make a difference everywhere in the body at some level right
1: that's correct, and that's and, why and that's you do it, the...
0: and that's where the Alexander comes in that it, the the air the aspects of that change that are. Um, amenable to conscious direction, uh, would, it, it would be very useful to to use the Alexander technique for.
1: Right, and here's what's interesting is that there's a lot of doors into the nerve system, mm-hmm. and um, when we're working with the upper cervical spine, uh, that's one big entry. We're we're c- c- recreating or restoring that communication between the brain and the body, and I've seen bones in the foot, fallen arches, move back into position just from the reduction of that atlas misalignment up at the top of the neck. And what's interesting is that George Goodhart, who was a chiropractor, uh, passed away a couple of years ago, he wrote a couple of articles about uh, observations with a uh, a patient who was an Alexander pupil. Mm -hmm. And he was able to demonstrate that when this person... Uh, quote-unquote, did their Alexander posture, which, of course, sends chills up and down my spine, mm-hmm. um, their uh, tarsal bones moved back into the right place. There was a dropped metatarsal. And uh, when they did their directions, uh, the the bones just moved right back into the right place, which means that this individual was able to uh, inhibit or bring about a totally different coordination in the system sufficient for the moment to restore normal tone
0: uh, and and that was after a chiropractic adjustment
1: no this was while but, he was just observing
0: oh so yeah and so what is that that suggests to you that there are some people who can kind of self do the equivalent of a chiropractic adjustment on themselves mentally
1: uh, well yeah and it's just that you can't move the atlas but mm-hmm. when you get yourself organized the extremities can function better
0: oh so the, the, they were able to to change things uh, not the axis itself but other right. parts yeah, i other see things. and that... uh, yeah okay well yeah, that's for, that's pretty foot. so obviously someone like that um it would be very useful to have that external uh, help with the Atlas and then they'd probably be good to go on their own Uh with with Alexander directing.
1: Yeah, I've been experimenting. I have a couple of patients who uh, I give lessons to and I've been watching to see, okay, when is it Alexander time and when is it adjustment time? Mm -hmm. And there is a real clear-cut, Uh, demarcation point where I can get a lot going with the Alexander Technique and working with them in movement and directing Uh, but if we have that interference at the top of the neck we're going to be losing signals and part of your brain just isn't going to be working.
0: And if part of your brain's not really working optimally its ability to self-direct is not working optimally I guess that would be another way
1: of putting it right? yeah i guess you could look at it that way
0: yeah it it's it's interesting um that you the work you your take on it is that there are certain certain things that really can't be self corrected um with just with with pure direction and the way the way around that is this external uh uh intervention but there, you know, there at the other end of the spectrum, and this may be—I don't know whether you've ever um, thought about this or not—but at the other end of the spectrum, there's there's some very um, subtle fascial uh, issues that also can't really be um, directed very well. Not so much because they're so strong, but more that they're so complicated. Right. That you know, you have these odd little twists in your, in your fascia that have been around for a while, and they're so complicated, and there's so many of them, and just up, up and out isn't gonna gonna cut it, and and uh-huh. I've, I've my own experience has been more in that area. And um, I have personally found that, that cranial sacral work is exactly. incredibly useful uh, to, to get, get at that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I have to also say I've had, um, I've had neck pains that I ended up going to a chiropractor for, and it made all the difference. It's just not something I've used a lot but when i have it's made a huge difference so i think everyone's a little different in in what outside help is gonna is gonna work best for them
1: but exactly and we just have to keep our eyes open and look for uh, what the body needs i have a i'm working with an adult patient now who has a diagnosis of cerebral palsy Mm -hmm. and uh... what's interesting is that initially It was just a matter of correcting the atlas. Let's correct the atlas. We got a good correction, and she started strengthening right away. Mm -hmm. She had a lot of dizziness as a result because of all the changes going on in her nerve system. And a lot of the places that were, like, dead in her body, like her thigh and her low back, they started waking up. And then at about the fourth, the third or the fourth week, uh, all of a sudden all of the chiropractic issues were stable and fine, and now it was more of an Alexander Technique issue. And what I was able to do was to just do a short little five-minute table turn with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I, th- I think what happened was that we restored the communication on a different level between the brain and the pelvis in particular. And things started releasing on a different level in the pelvis, and so her, her development is continuing to occur on different levels. And what's interesting about that is that in my initial training course with uh, Kitty Vilapolska, um, she had the eye directions. Mm-hmm. And now I understand the eye directions, embryologically, it's connected to the whole in spine, the spinal cord. Um, embryologically, the eyes and the muscles of the eye and the nuclei that run those muscles are connected to the, uh, the anterior horn cells, mm-hmm. the spinal cord, all the way down to the pelvis, which is why you can affect the whole system, uh, not just through the atlas and brain function, but through the eye direction and just directing your head. And uh, it's just a matter of which, which uh, doorway is going to be the most effective at that moment.
0: Yeah, and for our listeners who are not familiar with her, she was um, someone who I think initially trained with Alexander and then went back and finished her training with uh, another teacher, Patrick McDonald, and had a training course in the Philadelphia, Philadelphia. area for many years. And um, yes, I, I had heard that she had developed uh, ways of, of, of eye-directing. I have to say, in the Alexander uh world eyes i don't think eyes get the attention that they probably should mm-hmm. i think it's um an area where it's it's pretty tricky for an alexander teacher to to help people you can't really put your hands on someone's eyes <laughs> it's not usually a good idea anyway um is there anything that we haven't covered that that you would like to add before we come to a close?
1: Uh, well, let's see now. The, uh, the one issue that I think is very, very important for both Alexander teachers and uh, chiropractors is the problem of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, our culture nowadays, usually in the U.S., maybe around the world, is generally looks for a pill to fix a particular problem Mm -hmm. and I think that we have to really be sure to keep that in context because that's the very issue that FM Alexander railed against you know the whole end gaining Mm -hmm. you're not gonna have Alexander lessons in order to fix your back pain or fix any particular problems and you should have the same approach with chiropractic it's not gonna fix your whatever but it will raise the level of your function to the point where if your body can fix itself, it will. I have a patient who had a arm weakness, and I adjusted him. And the arm weakness didn't really clear up, but his arrhythmia cleared up. And uh, that was documented on the pacemaker that he had, which it, it registered that there were no arrhythmic events in that period of time he was under care. So, you know, it wasn't the the goal that he was after but it showed that his body was functioning at a higher level. Does that make sense?
0: Sure and and I would say that sort of thing happens a lot uh, as well with people coming for Alexander lessons. Mm-hmm. They, they have, they come in because someone's told them their posture is not good and usually it's not but the the things they start to notice after a few lessons may seem totally unrelated to what they they came for, and I think that's partly just the nature of the human body mind, right? Yes. You, you mess you well. I say you mess with, but you change one thing, one aspect of it, and who knows what's going to emerge from that?
1: Right, and we just have to move forward and build on what we can build on good uh, good things good functions and uh... eventually if something shows up as something that you're doing that that's interfering then we can drop it or then we can do something about it
0: mm-hmm. well uh... this might be a good place to bring our conversation to an end what do you think
1: yeah i guess uh... we've I've covered, we've, we've covered a, f-
0: a fair amount
1: um, One of the things is that chiropractic is a huge world, and yeah. I'm doing upper cervical chiropractic simply because it's the most efficient way to affect everything. Mm-hmm. So, I recommend people look into upper cervical chiropractors.
0: And you can usually determine that by, I guess, just calling and asking, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, my my guest today has been Doctor Philip. Uh, Shallow, who is a chiropractor and an Alexander Technique teacher in Rockford, Illinois. That's uh, about an hour west of Chicago. If uh, anything that you've um, heard uh, intrigues you and you live in that area, we'll put a link to, um, to his website by the interview. We'll also put a link to a web- website that will give you more information about the Alexander Technique and will enable you to find an Alexander teacher where wherever you live in the world. Um, Philip, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks very much, Robert.